good evening, young ghouls and goblins. Welcome back to the Love Florida Realtor podcast. This is Igor, and I am here to help Master Mark on this spooky week with Halloween coming up to introduce his next guest, Ms. Robin Gibbs from Punta Gorda, Florida. She is a paranormal investigator who has been working since 1998 trying to investigate the other side. So without further ado, because we have a nice long set of stories to chill, thrill, and exhilarate you kitties, Ms. Robin Gibbs of Punta Gorda, Florida. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Love Florida Realtor podcast again. Uh, my name is Mark Hanover, and today I'm with Robin Gibbs. How are you doing, Robin? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I'm doing outstanding. Thank you very much. Uh, again, thank you very much for sitting down with me today to no talk problem. about a... No problem. I love talking about this. Very timely uh, uh, subject for this time of year. Oh, heck yeah. You are a paranormal investigator. Yes, sir, I am. I, were, I run Dragon Paranormal, and right now it's only two of us, myself and my daughter-in-law. <laughs> Yeah? Yeah, she how, loves it as much as I do. How long has that been going on? Uh, I'm going to say about two years. We started about two years ago, and we've only really done a couple since mm-hmm. then, but uh, I've been hooked on it for a long, long time. Yeah. Were, were you doing paranormal investigation before Dragon? or? I, I was, but just okay. myself. Just yourself? Yeah. And then I uh, found out how much my daughter-in-law loved it, so we teamed up. That's cool. And uh, we did take a trip to uh, Spanish Point one night. They have a night tour oh, up okay. there. It's uh, I guess it's considered, it's either Venice or Immokalee. I can't, I'm not Immokalee. Venice. And you can go through at night and they tell you the history of the buildings, what people have seen. They show you all the artifacts that they have there. Let me tell you, if you want a good time, go at night. It's a creepy place. Very cool. Creepy place. Very cool. So let's go ahead and just start from the beginning. What got you into paranormal investigation? What very first got you interested in well, paranormal? Uh, I'm, I'm a self-proclaimed weirdo. I've always loved the weird stuff. I like horror movies. I like paranormal, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, when my son was much younger, I went over to visit him and his roommate, and we were sitting in the living room. And I looked over, and behind my son, on my life, I saw a shadow figure. And it stopped me for a second. I blinked a couple times. Still there. I turned. Turned back, gone. I told my son about it, and my son doesn't like paranormal. He's afraid of it. And it happened twice more, and then my son finally admitted to me that one night he heard a growl so loud right next to his ear it woke him out of a sound sleep. His feet didn't hit the bed. He was in the living room in two hops. He said he looked down the hall and heard it growl again. He never slept in that bedroom again. (laughs) I bet not. Yeah, and, you know, I asked him, you know, if he wanted me to come over and check it out, and he just doesn't like anything to do with paranormal. I guess it just scares him. So he said they finally just moved. Mm-hmm. But uh, after that, that's when it, when it really kicked into high gear. I wanted, to ex- I wanted to go and investigate every place I possibly could. I started sending out letters, you know, telling them who I was, who I was with, mm-hmm. and, you know, 
I don't charge anything. I just want the experience and I'm waiting to hear back on a couple. One in Venice <laughs> and then one in Fort Myers. So as soon as I hear from them, I'll be a happy camper. That's super cool. Oh yeah. So what are some of these, can you tell me about some of the experiences that you've had in some of your investigations that you've done, whether with your daughter-in-law or just on your own? Okay, um, when I was a little bit younger, when I was doing them on my own, I really only walked in with a digital recorder. At that time, you know, no money for the cameras or anything. But uh, there was one house, a friend of mine, her name was Cheryl, and uh, she said she was having really strange dreams. And this friend never had dreams before this. She moved into a new apartment. They started almost immediately and they were always horrible. I went over and we sat there. She stayed with me one night and we were sitting on her bed and just asking the general questions, you know, is there anyone here? Please, if, you know, we know you're trying to get in touch with Cheryl, let us know what you want, what we can do, that kind of thing. And we got done. We did two or three birth sessions got done and we started to listen to them and it was the strangest thing there's when you see on the paranormal shows sometimes they'll have an EVP but it's not class A but you can still hear it mm -hmm. it's not very loud but there was someone talking in the background and it was not English we don't know what it was I never had the chance to find out uh, it sounded almost I'm gonna say Native, Native American Okay. You know, you watch enough cowboy movies and you hear enough, it, you know what it sounds like. And that's exactly what it sounded like. And come to find out, now this is back in Maryland now, come to find out, it was where a certain tribe had lived a long, long time ago. And we think that's what it was. There might have still been some Native American spirits around. Because, I mean, we listened to it five or six times, turned it up as loud as we could. And that's exactly what it sounded like. And it was like so cool. You know, you get so excited when you get something like that. And then we progressed to the cameras with mm -hmm. the digital, digital recorders. And that was even better. Never really captured too much of anything. I did capture one mist when I was recording out at Spanish Point. Okay. The weird thing is, when I got in the car, I looked at my camera. It had turned itself off. I thought I had captured almost an hour, and I thought I had caught the mist. And usually if my camera turns off, it'll beep at me. Mm -hmm. It never beeped. I get in the car, look down, go to check it, and it's off. It recorded 15 seconds and turned itself off. Well, never done that before. <laughs> that's why I'm saying that was a creepy place. That was a lot of fun. I'll bet it. But uh, they have one area there too where uh, a lot of murders happened and that kind of thing mm. and as soon it's like in a little grotto as soon as you walk in it's almost like when they talk about it on tv like a wall you can just feel when you walk into like that different energy mm -hmm. and it surrounded that whole place that was the only point in that entire night that i was a little bit afraid a little bit on the uneasy mm -hmm. side there so backing up here just because not everyone is a, a dork like me and, and follows this. Um, just uh, let's let's go ahead and explain a couple things. EVP, electronic voice phenomenon. That is when you capture something on your digital recorder that you do not hear with your own ears. If you hear it and capture it, it's just voice phenomenon. If you don't hear it with your own ears and it's just on a digital recorder, it's an electronic voice phenomenon. 
Okay. And then you mentioned Class A versus Class F. Right. Class A's are very clear. You can hear what the spirit's saying. You can hear if it's male or female most of the time. Mm -hmm. And understand them. And then the further they go down, the less you can hear or the less you can make out what they're saying, the class goes down. But the Class A is the perfect ones. It's the ones you know what it says, you know it's male or female, and everybody can hear it. And consequently gold, too. Exactly. Because they're not They are not. They common. don't happen often. They don't yeah. happen often at all. Okay, cool. And then with um, cameras, other than obviously, uh, again, just being a dork, you know, <laughs> catching Slimer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, other than that, like, what are you looking for camera-wise as far as phenomena goes? You mentioned a mist. Um, yeah, yeah. And usually if you're just running on regular video, you're not going to capture it. Mm -hmm. Night vision, if you're out at night and you have night vision, it's great. I mean, it, it's not perfect, but it's great. Mm -hmm. Things that you would not be able to see, you can see. That's why I always coveted getting an SLS camera. I'd love to have one of those. But you have your night vision cameras which help now they have uh infrared cameras out and they also can't remember who makes it they're putting out a new camera with all three they've got night vision infrared and the full scope okay is that what they call a spectrum camera yes. or okay that's the spectrum camera and that will pick up every single spectrum that you need if it's not in one and it's in another you're still going to capture it but uh even with just the night vision camera you're going to catch more than you normally would mm -hmm. but yeah, it, it's worked real well for me. Real yeah. well. Are, are there any other really cool experiences you'd like to share? I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I oh, just no, want to make sure okay. people know that's what we're okay. jabbering on about. So. Well, uh, actually, I can't remember if Billy was here that night or not, but I was sitting here, and I swore that I saw my dog. I thought she had gotten out, and she was running up the street. Remember that? Running up the street, and there was a woman with her. I jumped up, and I yelled out the screen, Panda, get back here. What are you doing? She comes walking out the door. I look again, the woman and the dog are gone. And that was right here. That freaked me out. And I'm like, okay, I know a couple of ladies that have passed that had dogs, maybe. Mm -hmm. I swear it was mine though, it was that clear. Hmm. That clear. And I, it, I, 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 I was sat there in shock for a couple of minutes and it was like, did you see that? And they're both looking at me like, see what? Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> They're not into it like I am. <laughs> so another thing that you mentioned earlier, um, shadow figure. Yes. Uh, explain some of that for, for our listeners. Well, uh, there's a lot of different theories about shadow figures. Um, you've got anywhere from they were never alive. They're just demonic souls. Uh, you've got people that believe that they are the, when they were in life, they were extremely violent. Mm -hmm. And in death, they become shadow people. I'm not so sure I really, I think it can be more than one reason that you're going to find a shadow person. I agree with the being violent in life. If they're violent in life, shadow people are often mischievous. They do what they can to scare you most of the time. So that leads me to believe that could be true. About them never being alive, I am not so sure. I, I would tend to go more with somebody violent in life would be a shadow person than just to never be alive. But they they like to they like to mess with you. I know they do. They will show up when you least expect it. You'll hear something in the kitchen, go look around, you'll catch a glimpse right around the corner and then gone. Mm -hmm. 
that's their main thing is they like to mess with you or they do with me anyway so this would be more in the poltergeist category um for not quite that. poltergeist but active okay active yeah i'd just say active okay cool and is this something that you normally catch out of the corner of your eye, or is this something that you would normally see straight on like you did with your son the one time? Well, actually, it really goes both ways. There was a, I wish I could remember the episode, there was one where a gentleman caught a full head coming around the corner, and you could see through it, but it was black, and he had it on camera. Scared him so bad he fell down the stairs. That's how bad it's getting. Probably would be too. And then you see the ones where that's all you see is you see somebody talking into their computer screen and you see two little heads pop out around the corner and come back. Pop right around the corner and come back. Mm -hmm. So it really could be either way. Some of them will show themselves to you completely, some won't. It just okay. depends on the spirit. Okay. So. so what kind of area generally would generate the most paranormal activity well, that you find? You know, to tell you the truth, if, okay, let, let's let's split it into two. I'll give them both half and half. Prisons have got to be number one or real close. Mm -hmm. All the violence, all the death, you know, all the negative energy in there. You can't have that many people with that much negative energy and not have anything left when they die. And then hospitals, nursing homes, both. Mm -hmm. Either one of those. You know, it seems like uh, most of the, I'm going to say, credible evidence that I've seen has come from prisons, hospitals, nursing homes, uh, mental asylums. We don't have to put those in with the hospitals, too. It, it's, you have to think about how much negative energy goes through the place. If there's a heck of a lot, like in prisons, you know you're going to find something. There cannot, you know, because they always said that energy can neither be created nor destroyed. So when you die, people wonder, that's why they're saying, where does it go? Is there an afterlife? You know, do you come back as a ghost? Is there nothing? You know, and that's the question we want to answer, but we haven't had an answer. <laughs> Hopefully soon. Haunted. Uh, you know what? That might have been the first time that I really thought about that but then I let that go for a few years and then it kicked back in but we had stories from my high school that uh, people would come in their lockers are open and they're locked you know you have to have mm -hmm. a combination lockers were open. the janitor would say he'd come in and all of his stuff would be sitting out in the hallway when the night before he had it in the closet and you know I never saw that myself so I didn't think much about it but I think that's where when it really the seed got planted and I was 18, 17, 17. Sounds right. Yeah. So ever since then, ever <laughs> since then, I love it. Every aspect of it. But uh, my, my best thing is I love getting the good EVPs. I mean, yeah, you can capture stuff on camera. It's great. But if you can get a Class A EVP, I mean, that's proof right there. You mm -hmm. know, you hear someone speaking. That's like like you said golden that's like the right. ultimate thing to catch so i mean if anybody wants to go out and try it for themselves you know you don't need fancy equipment yeah ghost adventures and ghost hunters have all their equipment but if you have a decent digital recorder you can even get one of the little small handheld night vision cameras you're good to go that's all you need you don't need fancy stuff if you're going to find something you're going to find it 
You know, it doesn't matter what you're using. You're going to find it, you're going to find it. So, so when you uh, are asked to come out to someone's home or to uh, uh, area, mm-hmm. when you are asked, because mm-hmm. obviously uh, the one was kind of a tour right. uh, that you were talking about. You mean about. like a private home person. Like a private home or yeah. something. How does that come about? How do they... Um, well, I have my website on Facebook. It's Dragon Paranormal. And mm-hmm. I tell them, you know, if anybody has any problems, message me here. You know, private message me. I'll give you my phone number. Because mm-hmm. I don't like putting phone numbers on the internet. But um, they'll get in contact with me. And what I like to do is I like to go over the day before. I like to talk to them. I like to have them show me around. You know, mm-hmm. tell me where their experiences happened, what happened, what time it was that they remember. Because sometimes that comes into play too if it's residual it's going to happen the same time on a schedule and they don't even know you're there if it's uh active haunting haunting then it's going to happen random times so if i i try to get as much information as i can i'll find out what's going on with them and then i'll ask them if they know anything about the history of the the land the house was there anything else there before you know, has this house been here for 50 years, you know, that kind of thing. And if they're not sure, what I'll do is I'll go on the computer and research this area, that specific area, to see if I can bring anything up. Mm-hmm. And if I can, that way I can share that with them. And if I do catch something, maybe it'll correlate. You know, I like to have all my facts checked before I go. So I try to make it like a two-day thing. Go visit with them, and then the next night, go back at dusk and get started. That's pretty cool. So you actually kind of have to almost do uh, uh, history research before you hit the place just so you know what you're running into. That's true. And it always helps. You never know what information that you gather. is. It might just help you in the investigation. I mean, there are time, There was one, one time that um, they told me that their grandparents had lived in the home. Their parents had taken it over when they passed. And then they took it over when their parents passed. Well, the wife, it was a friend of mine that I worked with, his wife told me, you know, I swear to God, I think it's my grandmother. She said, it's not a bad feeling when it comes on. She said, it almost feels like somebody hugs her. It's like, well, you never know, it could be, you know. So I went and I asked him and I wrote it all down. I found out the names of the grandparents, the parents. And that next night I went back and I used those names to see if it would elicit any response. And it did. But it was her grandfather, not her grandmother. I heard Alan. That was his name. And it almost sounded like either I'm Alan or I am Alan. And I let her listen to it. She cried. And I told her, I said, I don't think you have anything to worry about. I said, if he's here, he's here protecting you. He's not here to hurt you. Mm -hmm. And that's why she felt the hug instead of negative energy when he showed up. So she was happy with that. She felt much better. They stayed in the house, and they're still there, actually. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That that was that was a nice one. That was a nice one. I like it when they turn out on the positive side. So, yeah. Um, so when you do these investigations, do the homeowners stay, or do That's they go? That's up to or? them. Oh, okay. I give them the option. You know, if you'd like to stay and walk around with me, please be my guest. Because if they're there and we do hear something they'll be right there when it happens but if they're more where they're kind of afraid and they just want to find out what it is it was like okay you guys go have dinner go see a movie or something come back about one o'clock 
you know. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll just go through the house myself. So it, it just depends on the on the client. If they want to stay, they're more than welcome. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So have you had any less than pleasant uh, experiences in a home where someone was concerned just or just once okay. so far just once and, and I guess I could consider myself lucky for that but as soon as I walked in their kitchen I backed right back out I I don't know what it was it I know it was negative and I know it was strong mm-hmm. I couldn't put my finger on it but I couldn't get past the threshold I stopped right at their kitchen door and when you go in their kitchen the the fridge and everything is on this side and you walk through and there's a door to the out back their backyard but I couldn't get past that door and she kept asking me what was wrong and I was telling her I really don't know I just can't go in there and I've never had that happen before hmm. and usually not much scares me I I'm an old hippie I'm not scared of much but um I just could not go past it so we waited and I came back during the daytime it was fine I walked right through, no problems. Went right through the kitchen, we walked out the back door to the backyard. I told her, I said, you know, if you don't have any plans, let's try it again. I said, but tonight, I'm gonna come through the back door and see if I can come in. We came back that night, I opened the door, and I walked in. Soon as I did, every nerve in my body started tingling. I felt the hair on the back of my neck stand up, I broke out with goosebumps and I got nauseous. And that scared, that did scare me a little. Because I knew if it's gonna cause that much trouble, it's something strong. And I said, okay, I can't do this. I, I said, I'll find somebody maybe that can handle it better than I can. I'll find somebody to do it. And I did. I recommended another group, uh, Fort Myers. They came up. And actually, they were able to take care of it before. She hasn't had any problems since. I just couldn't do it. And that is the only investigation that I could not finish. Hmm. And I still don't know why. Did they ever tell you? They anything, said that or? the group that came in to check it out after I did told her that all they could really tell her was that it was a negative energy. A negative energy. And I think they brought a. Uh, she was either a, a, a psychic medium or something with them and she was the one that cleansed the space and like I said she's had no problems since so they were probably right why I couldn't get I have no idea no idea I've never had that happen before since see you kind of actually bring up a, a, another interesting aspect to paranormal investigations where um, for for Critics, non-believers, doubters, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, whatever you want to uh, peg yourself as, listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where paranormal investigation starts getting kind of into the deep water yeah. for them yeah. because yeah. now we're starting to discuss things like uh, uh, psychics and and paranormal sensitivity mm-hmm. and things that are a little bit less sciency. Yeah, as yeah. A, I mean, it's. It's hard to even talk about death and souls in a science way, but there is a science to it. Right, right. No, there is um, a science to it. But, yeah, but now we're starting to get into the deep end of the pool where we're talking about, you know, yeah, yeah. psychics and stuff. So, and, um, I mean, there are a few that are credible. There really are. And mm-hmm. and the, the one that I've seen the most, and yes, forgive me, I'm a Ghost Adventures fan, but she does a lot, a lot of them for them. And without her knowing anything before she walks in, I'm going to say 95% of the time, she's spot on. 
she will tell you what happened, who did it, and that's just amazing to me. Now, I know there's a lot of frauds out there. You have got to be very careful when you get in touch with these people. You have to ask for track records. You have to ask for references. You have to ask at least for someone to come and work with you for a little bit and prove they can do what they can do. Do not get drawn in by people that don't know what they're talking about. You have to be very careful. But they can come in handy. There are just mediums that can hear and speak with the dead. I've seen one or two that are absolutely amazing, but that's it, one or two. Mm-hmm. So there's not very many of them. But um, if you can find somebody credible, they can be a huge help. When you can't get information any other way, if they can pick up on something and give you that information and you can start using that, you may just have activity start. It just it gives you that catalyst to get it, get it rolling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like I said, you have to be careful. Um, so have you had many people approach you because of your paranormal activity uh, uh, researching that you do that claim to be mediums or that are actual mediums that you've worked with or I have not worked with one myself yet mm-hmm. because I haven't found a credible one down here yet but there was one I have I'm a member of three or four paranormal groups on Facebook and there's one lady in one of my groups she's such a sweetheart I have asked her questions messaging she'll give me an answer from Missouri she's not here I will ask her questions about something here give her a couple of minutes and she'll tell me that's pretty cool so I mean she's definitely credible I told her that I said if I can I get a hold of you and anytime anytime all I got to do is message her so if I ever get stuck on something I'll usually message her Give her a little bit of detail, give her a few minutes, and she'll come up with something. She's amazing. So a couple other things, just as I'm, I'm retracking, retracing what we were talking about here. Uh, you mentioned, quote-unquote, taking care of something uh, when someone has a problem with a, yes. a negative energy or, right. or a, God help you, a demon. We haven't discussed <laughs> right. that really yet. Right. Um, what does taking care of mean? How does, how does that occur? Okay, if it is something that I can handle... And I believe that if I cleanse the space, cleansing, that's a whole different animal. P- people do it with different things, different ways. Some use incense, some use sage, uh, some use just certain types of sage. Um, it, it just depends on who's doing it. Mm-hmm. With me, I just like to use the sage, just plain sage. It seems to work extremely well. They always, I've always heard, and actually I've done it a couple of times so I know that it probably helps. If you're trying to get rid of something, and that, listen, okay, negative energy, whatever type, and you're saging your house, apartment, whatever, you always leave one window open, at least an inch and a half, two inches. You go through and you work every room, saving that one with the window open for last. You get in there, it gives that negative energy somewhere to go. Once it's you get done with the room, shut that window, and you wait. You can feel a difference. If you were pressed down on by a negative energy before that, and this worked, that pressure is going to be gone. And I've seen it twice. Twice. And so it does work. Why sage? 
they've used that since Native American times. They still do, actually. Mm -hmm. And some tribes, like I said, there are some people that use certain types, but most will just use the regular sage, just regular sage. And they've used it in their rituals. They've used it in their uh, cleansing ceremonies. They use it when they have the, I'm going to call them meetings, where all the males sit around and they are talking about different things or discussing things, they will use sage to cleanse that space before they ever sit down and talk. Hmm. So it, it's used in a lot of different ways, but when you're trying to clear spirits out, I don't know what it is about the sage. I've looked it up, I've tried to research it. It's just, nobody really has a reason, they just say it works, and it does. I've seen it twice, but it's just, I don't know how to explain it. Consecrating the room in a non-religious way, you know, getting rid of the negative energy, it just, it seems to work extremely well. Now, you mentioned the word, and I wasn't sure I was going to go there, but the demon part of it, that is one thing. I have never dealt with a demon. I, I know a lot about them, but I've never dealt with one, so if that situation were to come up, I would prefer somebody that knew a lot more than I did those people I would not even attempt it that that would be too much for me because I don't have enough experience and God forbid if something were to happen oh, yeah. it would be my fault so that's one time I would relinquish that to somebody that knew more than me so yeah they're scary they're well scary. yeah that, that's kind of the pinnacle of scary as far as this particular yeah. field goes and uh, you mentioned religion without getting too deep into it um, has that ever come up with your investigations where someone was kind of like ah, I don't know you know because of the whole uh, well I'll let you handle that actually well it's, I'm one of those people is you know whatever religion you are wonderful for you you do what you feel you need to do what you okay you don't bash me for mine I don't bash you for yours we're all mm. even right now there are some some people that if they do have a certain religion their religion really doesn't recognize ghosts and spirits and that kind of thing so it's hard for them to even talk about the ones that you know their religion accepts that kind of thing it's much easier for them to come and say hey I need help I've got this happening you know I don't know what or who it is that's fine but it's the ones that really don't feel comfortable talking about it to scare me because they're going to go through a long time of whatever they're going through with no help because they can't ask about it. Right. And I tell people, you know what? You don't have to tell anybody who I am. You don't have to tell them why I'm there. Just, I'm visiting. I can come in, do the investigation, pretend I'm visiting, and then leave, you know, like friends. And then nobody knows but them and me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I try to put that across. You know, you don't have to tell people who I am. Uh, the ones that do talk about it, they'll say, you know, maybe it's a family member, you know, maybe it's, but they should be at rest, right? Well, there's a lot of spirits. If there is something going on in somebody's life and they pass away suddenly or uh, from an illness, long illness, you know, that kind of thing, and if they've got unfinished business, sometimes they'll hang around until they get through to somebody to get that business finished and then they're gone. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. There's all kinds of different aspects of that too. There's 
you know, people from 1800s, people from the 1900s, you know, people that died six months ago. They're all different. You never know. If there's something you can do, you can do it. If not, that spirit's going to hang out, and then the client's going to have to decide what they want to do. So, I really don't put much religion into it. I try not mm-hmm. to, just because, you know, I don't want to offend anybody's faith. Sure. So, I try to just keep it completely on the scientific level. Just, you know, I'm going to do this, this, this. If I capture anything, or I don't, I will let you know. You know, if I do, I'll show you, let you listen, whatever. So I try, really try hard not to bring that into it too much. Okay. Um, you did mention uh, from the 1800s, the early 1900s, which mm-hmm. um, is almost difficult for me to say because I was born in the 1900s mm-hmm. and now kids are acting like that's the 1800s. I know. And Isn't it terrible? A little offensive in some ways, but you know, I'll just let that go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do know that um, in the field they do talk about uh, active hauntings mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but I've also I've heard of echoes. Have you ever experienced such a thing or know of it? Or Well, I've heard of it once or twice. I've, I've, it's more like a what you call it when they when I hear echoes I think of people hearing somebody like have a conversation from the past and it only happens once and it's gone you know you hear it real lightly it's gone you never hear it again mm-hmm. two years later you go in this particular room you'll hear somebody talking and it probably sometimes it's not even in English and it's gone you never hear it again that's what I think of when I hear of echoes mm-hmm. it's just it's random never know when it's going to happen and it could be gone in five ten seconds mm-hmm. you know what i mean so i've never really dealt with echoes just active or residuals mm-hmm. the residuals it's really easy you know the, the, the people don't have anything to worry about if they sit down if you've got a haunting and it seems like it's happening fairly often but only like at a certain time or a certain day they really need to keep little pad of paper and a pen by their bed log the time you saw you know what day was it keep that and if you notice that it's happening on the same day or real real close same Mm -hmm. time or real real close that very well could just be residual and that's absolutely nothing to worry about that's going to happen whether you're there or not Okay. So that's, that's the easy ones. Because I've heard about this kind of stuff with uh, Gettysburg. Oh, heck yeah. In particular, people uh, at night especially, they'll talk about hearing cannons. Oh, yeah. When there's oh, yeah. nary a cannon. Exactly. Anymore, you know? Exactly. They'll um, hear rifle shots. Right. There's nobody with a gun. Right. Now, there's a there's an army base not far from Gettysburg. I think it's about 100 miles or so. And um, they people that investigate out there will often call the next day and ask them, you know, were you guys doing any maneuvers last night? Were you guys, you know, doing any training exercises last night? Come to find out, the division wasn't even there. They were over in some other country. There's nobody there. And like you said, they've heard cannons, they've heard rifle shots, they've heard men screaming, they've heard the sounds of horses, horse hooves. And there was one really good video that a guy caught, and I'm going to say it was like two years ago. You see, and I can tell you right now, it was a southern soldier. You could even see the gray coming from behind a cart that was sitting over by one of the small cemetery areas. Mm -hmm. He walked right around, came out into the road, and it was a full body apparition. That is the holy grail. That is rare. Paranormal. Yes, sir. Yeah. You, 
If you get one of those, you're done. <laughs> you got what you wanted, you're done. But it was just so amazing to sit there. I must have watched that 10 times on the computer, just checking out every detail. I can even tell you that the guy had a mustache and beard. That's how That's clear it was. Wow. It was amazing, and it flooded the internet for a good month. I bet. It was amazing. I'm gonna have to try to find that one, actually. I wanted to save that. But there, I've heard so many different stories, and I've seen so many different, you know, videos of people going out to check out Gettysburg. And you gotta remember, it's not just the battlefields. There were things that went on in the town of Gettysburg. Oh, yeah. You know? And you can't just discount that and just stick with the battlefields. If you're going to Gettysburg, you sit down, you do your research, you find out where you're going, what that place was all the way back, so you've got some information to go in with, then just go do both. I don't know if they let people on the battlefields anymore, though, at night. But try the battlefields, but then do those buildings. There was one that used to be a uh, children's home. The children were tortured. Mm -hmm. They were kept underground for 24 hours at a time for stealing a tiny piece of bread. This woman was sadistic. Mm -hmm. She had them killed. They've got proof of that. So, I mean, you know that's got to be ripe with activity. I mean, all those poor kids, you know, the people that they kept, they kept soldiers chained down there until they died. They never let them out. Mm -hmm. So you know with all that negative energy, there's got to be something there. So when you think about a huge place like that, don't just think about the one main thing. Right. Think about the surrounding areas. What can you find there? And some of that may even help on the battlefield. You never know. And going back to the trauma, or the points of trauma, yeah. where uh, this kind of stuff tends to linger. Or Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's the more... Those battlefields are going to have blood soaked in them for years and years and years to come. I mean, think about all the men that died out there and the circumstances in which they died. And the amount of time. Exactly. A short amount of time. And it was like, what, 1,400 people in the space of, what did they say, three hours? Two hours, three hours? Pretty short. It was one of the bloodiest battles out there. So just, I mean, when you think about that, you, you know, you think about, yeah, it's it's got to have energy left got to. Where did all that energy go when all those men died? It's still got to be there. So, I mean, big places like that, don't just focus on the one thing. Focus on the area. Any state, any place you go, you have to do the same thing. I mean, you want to go, let's say, to uh, uh, the prison. Alley, uh, well, let's use Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. That's a good one. That's on my bucket list. Oh. But, I mean... Yeah. Listeners, it, it, by the way, listeners, for, for those, uh, I don't mean to interrupt. That's okay. I apologize. That's okay. Um, I am a, a surface fan of this kind of stuff. I know what she's talking about. Yeah. Like, so if you start to look into the whole paranormal thing, if you're mildly interested, the uh, Allegheny Asylum is something that will immediately come to you. So oh. please go ahead. You know what? That's the place that I invite any single skeptic out there to go and walk out a skeptic. I'll take them myself. Call me. That place has been known for so many years. I mean, that was like one of the very first places that all these big paranormal groups went to. That's because there is so much energy still left there. They've caught Class A EVPs. They've caught Class C EVPs. They have had things thrown at them. They've... Another thing I want to get to. REM pods. Those... 
are really neat little things that light up when the spirits get near them, but those actually come in very handy. If you can't physically hear them or you don't get it on digital, if you've got one of those and you're 15 feet away from it and that thing lights up, you know there's something there. That's when you can pull out the digital recorder. Okay, please talk to me. You know, mm -hmm. tell me what I can do to help you, whatever. But that place, People were touched, people were grabbed, people have been scratched, people walk out with bruises they didn't have when they went in. I mean, this place is like the epitome of the haunted places. And uh, again, to the listeners, by the way, this is all the bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. This is the, when, when uh, in particular, the scratches, uh, that's when you really want to probably hightail from where you are from wherever you are or stop what you're doing at the very least exactly if something like that happens to you and you are still new at this leave yeah just leave you can always come back it get a little more experience i would say start small if you have like friends or family or friends of family that are having trouble in their house start with something small you know Give yourself time to get acclimated to it. Give yourself time. I mean, if the place truly is haunted, when you go that first time, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel those cold sensations. You're going to get those goosebumps. You're going to get that hair standing up. I was going to actually ask about that. Why is that? The ghost, they give off almost like static electricity. It's, it's like rubbing a balloon on the rug. I mean, you walk into it, you know you've walked into it. And I've done that a couple of times, and that's like, ooh kind of freaky but you know something's there you just know it because you didn't feel it before you didn't feel it anywhere else in the room but you walk into it in this one certain room you feel it you know something's there and most paranormal investigators that I know that's kind of like their I don't know like their like their tip off they feel something like that that's when they grab their camera they get a digital reporter going and they start talking they wait until they get like that little blast of cold air mm -hmm. You know and then that's when they start which is what I do I mean I walk that's why I like to go the day before I'll walk the whole house if I feel anything I'll jot it down where I was what time it was check this when I come back you know you keep your little logs and this is where the heat vision would help yes oh most definitely when Correct. you have cold spots if you've got like a, a night vision or infrared you feel that cold spot nine times out of ten if you have that camera pointed that way you're gonna see We'll get into this too, but 95% of orbs are dust and bugs. I agree with that. There is no doubt about that. But that 5%, if you see it and you can rule out that that is not dust or bug, you have an orb. Okay? When I see orbs, most of the time, unless something else, you know, big goes with it. I just disregard I disregard the orbs. Mm -hmm. I'm looking more for what did you call it? Credible evidence. That right. EVP. Something on the camera. Something. But sometimes you'll hear a voice on your digital recorder and realize that when that voice was going, that orb was that's coming orb across. Was right. So if you can match it up, that's even more evidence. But so uh, another thing, um, since we're on the discussion of uh, debunking, actually, a, a couple of things yeah. here. First of all, the term debunking. Yes. I explain to people what debunking is. Debunking is taking what someone believes is a paranormal incident and finding a logical, reasonable explanation for why it happened. Right. Let's say they hear knocking 
you know, above them. You go up, you take a look. Okay, the strap is off the pipe. You fix the strap, there's no more knocking. That's debunking. Not paranormal, it was just the pipes. Right. Same thing for, you know, if they hear a certain noise like every 15, 20 minutes, let's say it's coming from the kitchen. If you stand there and you listen, you can, 99% of the time, you can tell where it's coming from. Oh, the refrigerator's making noise. Oh, this is making a noise. Whatever. Mm -hmm. That's debunking it, giving a logical, reasonable explanation for that situation to happen. Have you ever ran into that? Where someone was like, oh my god, I got a problem. You come over and it's a uh, raccoon. Oh yeah, a couple times. It wasn't a raccoon. But <laughs> no, there was one lady, and it, that's why I mentioned the pipe incident. That was her problem. She okay. kept hearing knocking, but it seemed like it was only happening at nighttime. Not during the day, just at night. Yep. It was wintertime, and it was colder at night. The heat kicked on. So I stayed with her that night. Mm -hmm. I heard it. Walked down the stairs. I stood in front of the heating part of it. I heard it. She had a boiler? It was, believe it or not, I think what it was is a piece of it had come undone inside, and it, the flap was hitting. And I went upstairs, it was like, okay, honey, you can go to sleep now. She looked at me, she goes, what was it? I said, it was your boiler. What? Yeah. <laughs> I said, there's something wrong. You have to call the repair guy tomorrow. There's something in your thing, it's flapping. <laughs> She's like, that's all it was? Yep, five minutes later, she was out. That's good. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's always good. That's always no, good. It, I mean, it, this experience is great, but if you can help somebody sleep at night, yeah, do it's it. Pretty cool. <laughs> I uh, just I, again for listeners who've never lived in a house with a boiler heater, uh -huh. uh, that thing sounds freaky. It does. E even to people who've lived with it for years. Yep, um, it does. It does, and it can be scary. A lot of creeps, a lot of creaks, a <laughs> yep. lot of whistles. Especially, it's you know, uh, you know, if you're let's say Indiana, just because I have experience with Indiana, uh -huh. and it's freaking cold, mm -hmm. and uh, it's late at night, and all of a sudden you hear, well, uh huh, yeah, it gets, it kind of gets to you. So, oh yeah. Um, but check your appliances first. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so, ha other than that, have you ever had any other interesting debunking? situations that you've ran into or actually that that was the main one i mean yeah there was a couple of things that, that i actually did find evidence in one small house but one of the things that they talked about turned out to be one of the windows in the spare bedroom one of the noises so that part was debunked i did catch evps but that one part of it i told him just fix the window you'll we'll be all right. right with that part of it um, so it can, it can, you know, you can debunk the whole thing. You can have part of it where, you know, you, like I did, you get EVPs, you see something, but this part is definitely not paranormal and they get that fixed. That's one thing they don't have to worry about. So it just depends. I mean, sometimes there are people, you know, that they'll call you, you know, I hear this and this and this and this. You'll go to their house, you hear nothing, you know, you don't catch anything. And then they're saying, oh my God, maybe I'm going crazy. It's like, no, it may just be because I'm here. It may not want me to know it's here. I said, it only, so I will leave my digital recorder with them. Let them leave it on when I'm not there, like at night. Let's say, mm -hmm. leave it by the bedside when they're sleeping. They'll catch something. And sometimes it'll be because that spirit wants the family to know it's there. But once you walk in, it won't make feet. They don't care about you. Mm -mm, no. They don't want to talk to you. They want to talk to them. <laughs> so it just depends. And if, if that case ever comes up, leave your friends or whatever 
with a digital recorder, let them leave it running for the night, and then you check it the next day. A lot of times you're going to catch something. So, I mean, it, it's just different investigations for different situations. You just have to figure out what kind it is and then take it from there. So. And then speaking of not getting responses, because I've heard and read different opinions on this, some very strong, some mild, uh-huh. provoking. How do you feel about provoking? Okay, I have two rules when it comes to provoking. If I'm in a house and they think it's just a negative energy or spirit, you know, that is bothering them, not necessarily poltergeist, but like I was talking about an active haunt, you know, mm-hmm. you'll hear some noises or something. If I don't get responses, yes, I will provoke a little. I never go overboard. I will provoke a little. But if I am anywhere within, like, let's just say a military installation or a veteran's home, something to do with first responders, military, I will not provoke. They have been through enough. I will not. I will be as pleasant and as respectful as I can. I will not provoke anywhere like that. If I go to a cemetery, I will not provoke at a cemetery. Again, these people have been through enough. They don't need you messing with them. So those two places, no. Anywhere else, just depends on the situation. If I don't get enough evidence, I'm okay. It's kind of the big joke about ghost about uh, ghost adventures, right? They spend an hour provoking something and freak out when something actually does happen. Yeah, that is funny. <laughs> I've seen the memes and sorry, so, Zach. Sorry, Aaron, but yeah, yeah, it's funny as hell. Oh, it's funny as hell, and they know it. <laughs> yeah, they do. The That's why they, why do they, do they it, show it. <laughs> it is. It's hilarious. I love it when Aaron freaks. Oh, his face is. Yes, he's the, my favorite. The face is alone. It's like a cartoon. Oh. I I wouldn't I don't do it as long as they do. If if I provoke for like five ten minutes, I don't get anything. I stop. Mm-hmm. I try a different tactic, you know. And depending on the information I've brought with me, I'll start bringing names of people that have lived there or something into it to see if I get a response. Uh, did anybody know this gentleman that's still here? You know, and you may get a response. It all comes down to the situation. You have to decide what type of situation you're in and have a game plan of what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, will I do this, will I do that. You can't just go in and investigate. Think about it first. Mm-hmm. Do your research, get your equipment together, have a battle plan, then go. Don't just walk in thinking, oh, I'm just going to go in and do EVPs and catch voices. No, it doesn't work that way. Do a little research first. Yeah, it might take you a little while, but trust me, the benefits, sometimes they're, it's great. Mm-hmm. You know, you walk in with information, you come out with evidence. You go in blind, you may not come out with anything. You know? Mm-hmm. So, research is really important. Really important. I do it every time I go out. So, in your experience, um, when you've been uh, uh, running into various uh, energies and, and ghosts and stuff, has the predominance been male or female? Truthfully, male. Mm-hmm. Okay. It seems like... I'm going to say all but maybe two of the places I've been have been male. Just a couple of females. And I guess it's just, I don't know, I guess it's the places I've been. They were more male-oriented anyway. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's probably why I caught males. But I have caught a couple women. And uh, one of them, all I heard, oh, 
people that have done this before will know exactly what I'm talking about. You don't hear anything with your own ears. You get back to your house, you know, you sit down, you plug in your camera to go through the video and you listen to your digital reporter and you hear something. I'm gonna say it just makes your blood run cold. You get that hair on the back of your neck, you know, those goosebumps just from listening to it. This woman, it, it was, I don't want to call it a cry. It was more like a moan, but it was one of the saddest things I have ever heard in my life. I got goosebumps. I back of my neck, it was sticking straight up. And it was almost like I was back there. You know, I could see where I was standing when I got this. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I was that close to them. I wish I'd have heard it then or stopped to listen to the digital then. Maybe, you know, I could have helped her, but I didn't hear it till I got home and I haven't had the chance to go back. So it's like sometimes you'll catch something like that and it's almost like you wish you hadn't because mm -hmm. you can never, you can't get rid of that. I can hear her voice in my head right now. And that was seven years ago, wow. eight years ago. And I can still hear it as clear as I did on that digital recorder in my head. <laughs> I'll never get rid of that. So you have, that's another thing you have to be prepared for. You go, you do investigations. Sometimes when you walk away, you're going to be carrying things with you that you will never get rid of. You cannot just forget this stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you're not you know, prepared to have that stuff pop up, oh, 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, remember when you went on this one and you heard this? It's going to happen. So if you're not prepared for that, don't do it. <laughs> So, uh, speaking of carrying things home with you, yeah. has that ever happened with you? To tell you the truth, I'm not going to sit here and say that it did, but my gut feeling was yes, and it was not very nice, and I tell you the truth, I'm still feeling some of the effects of it. It, it was back in Maryland right before we came down here. It was 1998, so it had to be 97. I investigated a friend of mine's grandmother's house. And this is when I was really first starting, so it was just mm -hmm. a digital recorder, no cameras, no nothing, but we went over. Her grandmother stayed with a friend or something, so we stayed at her house that night. And we never really did catch anything audible. We heard a couple of sounds, and it's the ones you shrug off, because it's not even enough to, you know. But the next few months after that, it seemed like every single thing in my life went wrong. Lost my car. Lost my apartment. Um, one of my children wound up having diabetes. I mean, just little things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they were like out of nowhere. And before that, everything was going pretty well. And it lasted for a good three months. And my friend called me and she told me that her grandmother had just passed, the one that we checked her house. Mm -hmm. And I told her how sorry I was. It was like, oh, honey, I'm sorry. I know I loved your grandmother. And, you know, my deepest condolences. The next day, everything went back to normal. No more bad luck. Three months. Her grandmother passes away. My luck goes back to regular. Hmm. My son doesn't have diabetes anymore. Everything worked out. Got a new apartment. Got another car. Everything's fine for those three months. Everything went wrong. Everything went wrong. And my gut feeling was something in her house attached itself to me. 
<clears throat> made my life hell for three months. And when her grandmother passed, maybe it was attached to her. When she passed, it was gone. I still can't explain that. I really can't. That was the weirdest thing. One of the weirdest things I think that ever happened to me. And even my friend could see it too. She goes, Jesus Christ, you don't have any luck right now, do you? No. So, um, uh, getting more local here, mm. what are some of the, the paranormal happenings locally that we might be able to discuss here? Just, uh, well, it's, it's funny. The, the city of Punta Gorda, there's a lot of places that are reported to be haunted and, and quite active, but they won't let you investigate. They're, mm. what do they call it, historical something. Oh, like historical buildings yeah, or, exactly. or uh, historical society protected exactly. things? Exactly. Okay. If I gotcha. the city of Punta Gorda owns them or they have stake in them, they will not let you investigate. Hmm. You cannot go in. Don't ask. It's not worth it. I've tried. What do they say? They just say that they don't want us to tread on the past. We don't want anything brought up or sent away that was not either already here or whatever. They don't want anybody messing with anything. They have their tours, you know, they'll take daytime tours, but they will not let you investigate and you cannot go at night. That's fascinating. It is. And and, and I'd love to get, oh, what's the name of that one? Oh, tip of my tongue. I tried getting in there two years ago. It's, uh, I'll think of it. But it's an old historic house that was owned by one of the first families in Florida. It's a beautiful house, yellow. And it's got one of those, uh, I call them the Widow's Peak. It's not actually a widow's peak, but it's close enough. It looks like the part, top part of a castle, mm-hmm. like right at the top. Yeah. I've always wanted to go in there, but they will not let you. Um, there's a restaurant up in uh, Venice that's reportedly really haunted. I haven't heard back from That's one of the ones I tried to contact. Hopefully, I'll hear back from them. Um, I'd love to do that, and I would love to go and investigate. I've done Indian Springs Cemetery once. Have, didn't catch anything that night but I'd love to go back because I was there before it got dark I want to go back when it's dark and see the county won't let you investigate at night so that's off the list for now but a lot of the places around here are historical that you know have the hauntings reported but they won't let you in so that's why I haven't done too much around here okay so the city of Punta Gorda and essentially Charlotte County yeah yeah uh, says that the, the historical places around town are pretty much off limits. Yep. Now, if I recall, there was a incident, uh, I think it was late 1800s, with a girl with a uh, lantern. Is that accurate? That people keep wanting to investigate? I think that <clears throat> one is associated... I'm trying to remember because I know I've seen this story. It's associated with one of the farms used to be a farm. Where was that? That was, I think it was down on 17. It was before it turned into Soto County. Um, oh, where the heck was that? I'll have to look it up and I, I can give the information later. But yeah, I've heard about that. And she was going out first thing in the morning, from what I remember. And she had the lantern with her. I don't know what happened if she dropped it I don't know if you know sparks came whatever happened from it but it started a whole huge fire it killed her some animals I think 
that was it. It was her and some animals. Oh, I wish I could remember the name of that area. But yeah, I've heard about that, and they say that she still walks. You can still see the lantern when she's walking, mm-hmm. and then it just fades into nothing. But <laughs> I'd love to go up there. Um, maybe I should contact them, see what area that is, and send them a letter to. Are there any other fascinating areas in uh, Florida, not necessarily just local, that you'd like to hit up? Oh, yes. Oh, and the main top one that comes to the list is the St. Augustine Lighthouse. I would love to go there. I'd spend a whole week there and investigate every night. They have so much stuff happening. They've got uh, another little place. It, they have a house called the Riddle House. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's a uh, yesteryear village in Florida, and they have brought in, well, they brought in homes from other areas in Florida um, for historical purposes, but down there, if you give them enough time, they let you investigate. Riddle House has everything from uh, flagpoles disappearing, there's things that move on their own in the attic, there's all kinds of sounds, there's voices everywhere. Uh, They have, uh, they see figures out and about one of them is a lady that is walking a greyhound and you try to catch up to her and go around the corner they're gone and that's even during the day that's pretty wild they've got other houses there and when they move new houses in it seems like the activity in all of them kicks up it's almost like they're welcoming the new spirits when they get there i'd love to go there saint augustine lighthouse the whole lighthouse i would love to investigate that there's so much evidence that they've captured there the best one, and I'm sorry, yes, here we go again, Ghost Hunters. And one of their first seasons, they went there. And they were investigating the lighthouse itself. And when you go up in the lighthouse, about halfway up, there's like a walkway where you can stop, take a break, you know, whatever. And then go on up to the top where the door to the lighthouse is and you can go stand on the balcony. Well, they were going up, and I can't remember who had the camera, but they went up to look like up top where they were going. You could see a head pop over, look down, and go back. They run up there. Nothing. Nobody outside, nobody inside, and there's dust. There's no footprints. That hooked me on that. That's another one for the bucket list. Gotta go to St. Augustine Lighthouse. Um, let's see. Oh, what's the name? There's a fort. Down down close to the Keys, I think. Beautiful fort down there, Spanish fort, it's gorgeous. And that's where reportedly Osceola, Indian chief, was killed. They beheaded him there. Mm. You can see, they say you can see his head float looking for his body sometimes. That's pretty cool. They have dungeons there, they've caught numerous EVPs in there. Um, They had, back to psychics, they had a psychic that thought she was big and bad. Oh yeah, you know, there's this one jail cell that nobody could stay in. You could go in, two minutes later, you're just creeping out, you gotta get out of there. She thinks she's big and bad, like I said. Oh no, I'll spend the night in there. Just give me a pill and a blanket, and, you know, lock me in, no, I'll be fine. 10 minutes later, she was screaming to get out. She ran out the door screaming. She ran to her car screaming. When she took off to leave, she peeled tires and was still screaming. The next day they talked to her, 
she said that she did not want to talk about what happened, but don't ever ask her to do that again, and she hung up on him. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, you know what? You brought that on yourself. You didn't know anything about the cell. This is where the research comes in again. You didn't know anything about the cell. You just think you're hot stuff and you can handle this. You know, nobody else can. You can. No. Don't do that. Because that could cause you trouble just like it caused her. I mean, if I don't do research, I'm not going. I want to know what I'm getting into. I want to know what's happened at this property just to give me a little bit of an idea of what I'm going to deal with. So don't ever go anywhere without research first. Ever. But just that fort would be great to go to. Um, tell you the truth, it's not even in Florida, but if you go, this is another bucket list, Atlanta, Georgia, you cannot take 10 steps without having somebody have a ghost story for you about where you are or something right around you. There are, there's one place that's called the Moon River Brewery. And it's an operational restaurant, you know, and it's mm -hmm. back when, um, in the early 1900s, when they had that one, was it yellow fever or was that influenza maybe? That's, they turned it into a makeshift hospital and it was for the kids. A lot of children died there. People hear children laughing, children running up and down the hall, you know, hearing them just out of ear range. You can hear something, but you're not quite sure what it is. And then all the nurses that died while they were taking care of the kids, they've got records for that. And then when they bought the place and they renovated it, that's when all the activity started to kick up. They have bottles dropping off the shelves by themselves, busting on the floor. They have, you know, the racks for the wine glasses. Mm -hmm. They will sit there and watch them slide out and drop to the bar and smash. One of the guys, he said that he works in the office upstairs, you know, that's where all, I guess they keep like their, their liquor bottles and he does the books or whatever. And he said one night, if he had not been paying attention, a bottle of Jack Daniels came flying at his head, missed him by that much, hit the floor and shattered. There was no way that thing could have done that. There was nobody there, there was no fan on, no even a fan wouldn't even be able to do that. I was just gonna say, you sure it wasn't the angry wife or something. Mm. <laughs> that's what I was thinking, but but he said that scared him so bad. He said for like six months he wouldn't go in that office by himself. I bet not. And they moved all the bottles. It was like that's a good idea. But Georgia is one of the most haunted places I've ever heard of. Every single, almost every single building that they talk about is haunted. Areas are haunted. Cemeteries are haunted. Uh, they have an old hospital out there somewhere too. They say that's haunted. It's it's like that. Well, you got to remember how many battles happened in Georgia too during the oh, yeah. Civil War and stuff. Oh, yeah. So you know you've got all that energy too. So where's it gonna go? Right there in Atlanta. And there's so many places there I'd love to investigate too. But that main one, like I said, the number one on my bucket list is that Trans Allegheny. I will get there before I die. I promise you. Promise you. And I'll spend two days there. Well, you're a braver person than I am. <laughs> as cool as it sounds, I'm not entirely certain I have the metal to go in there. Oh, so. I'm sure you would if, if you had enough people with you. Right, yeah. Too exactly. bad. But see, that's that's another thing. If, if you're going to do this, if at all possible, don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. You never know. I mean, you can be as ready as anybody with info and research and go in. But take somebody with you. Even if it's just for moral support, just take somebody with you. That's like why I'm, gl I'm glad I have my daughter-in-law now. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't scare easy either, which is good. 
And I mean, if she's there, I know she's got my back. She knows I've got hers. Later on, if you've done it long enough and it's a small area, fine. Yeah, go by yourself. But when you first start, make sure you take somebody with you just for safety precaution. That's all I can tell you. Just make sure you got somebody with you. All right. Well, cool. Well, thank you. Um, just so everyone knows, we already kind of touched on this earlier. Uh, if they do want to get a hold of you, whether it's uh, to, to join up with you or request anything from you, how do sure. they go ahead? All they have to do is if you go on Facebook, um, still fairly new, so I don't have a whole lot of advertising out there, but I do have a Facebook page. It's called Dragon Paranormal. You'll find all my info there. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, shoot me a message. I can call you back or I can email you back. Either way, whatever you prefer. Let me know what's going on. I can tell you if I can help you or not. And if I can't, I can find you someone that can. So if you have any problems at all, just get a hold of me at Dragon Paranormal and I'll see what I can do. All right. Well, thank you very much for taking time out today. Thank you very much. This was awesome. All right. Dragon Paranormal Puntagorda, and she should come right up for you. Send her a message, and she will get back to you very soon, and you can talk to her just about what you've experienced. Or if you need your home investigated, you can talk to her about that as well. Happy Halloween, kitties! Okay, Igor, that's enough. Thanks. Get to go on. Thank you. And that's the Halloween special, everybody. Thank you very much for turning in to Love Florida Realtor. Uh, as usual, if you need any real estate services, please give me a call at 941-202-1995. Again, that's 941-202-1995. Uh, if you need a new Hawaiian shirt or would like to check out our tropical apparel, check out twistedpalmsco.com for Twisted Palms Trading Company. Uh, still the best place to get a good lay. And uh, introducing my wife's company, actually, she just started one. It's called Exora Galora, and it is a small-scale residential landscaping company. Um, she really does great work. She's honestly, she's the hardest worker I've ever met. And uh, I think you guys uh, locally in the Port Charlotte, Punta Gorda, North Port Inglewood area are absolutely going to love her. 
If you'd like to give her a phone call, go ahead and call her at 803-606-6105 or type in Exora Galora, that is Galora, on Facebook and she'll come right up for you guys. Exora Galora with service you can't ignore. And other than that, happy Halloween everybody.